the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Intelligent. Conservative. The answer. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Um, they're saying that not only that that it's actually the more that the left pushes for that, it's is creating acts of violence, and and we had to kind of ponder that and marinate on that for a few minutes, didn't we, Skins? Yeah, and and I still am. I mean, is, is it? I I ask you, is it clear cut? I like where Gays for Groomers is going in terms of defending uh, children. I like that they're calling Always out have to defend the yeah, kids. I like how they're defend they're they're calling out the left for mutilating children and pushing drag drag shows or adult sexualized entertainment and they have no place being anywhere near near children somebody said i think it was msnbc today who said oh well, the reason why uh the conservatives hate drag shows is because children love them um well that and isn't that exactly why you're pushing for drag shows on children because you know that you can you t- take these little five-year-old minds and you can corrupt them of course children love them. Children might also love to puff on a joint. You're going to hand them a joint? I've seen parents arrested across this country because they posted videos of that on Twitter and Facebook. There's lots of things that children would like to do, and, and that, but it's, and, and the job is of the adults in the room to protect them from it. If you're arguing today for a grown man to be gyrating in a sexual manner around a little kid, you're a pervert. Whoever said that on MSNBC is a pervert. You're all perverts, in my opinion, if you're if you're pushing for this. It's disgusting to me. However, what I don't like where Gays for Groomers is going is connecting political debate to violence. Because... As that, you and I were talking about even during the break, Andrea, I, I'm sorry. It, it even goes back to, pre- to President Trump when he said march peacefully and patriotically. Those were just words. So even if anybody stormed the Capitol, that's on them. There, there's nothing I can say that makes me responsible for somebody no, else's. Yeah, and and to me that actually justifies violence. It ju- it justifies the violence, and I'm not here for that. No, that contributes that what they just did right there contributes to the notion of hate speech legislation, which is really where the left wants to go with this. And so that and and so and that's why too, gays for groomers, everybody's loving them. They've gotten deplatformed in a couple of places. I think they lost their PayPal. You know, the left is loving them. You got to be careful with who you with with who you you choose to glorify, right? I'm happy if there's somebody on the left that agrees with me on an issue. But that doesn't mean now that they're my buddy and my bestie. That doesn't mean that everything else, you know, it doesn't wipe away necessarily and mitigate everything else. What else are you about, right? You know, it's like the Joe Rogan thing or Elon Musk, right? But, Always looking for that white knight. Yeah. Um, before I go on and, and talk about Twitter, the latest fury 
And, and I've been saying for a long time that this whole movement is ultimately about normalizing sex with children. I think I first started talking about that when Bob Walters was first years ago reporting on before transing was being pushed in schools, before Drag Queen Story Hour, the sex ed curriculum in California was pornographic. And I said, I can't this even is, believe we're talking about it. Yeah. And I said, this is about this. I said, ultimately, this is about sexualizing children to lay the groundwork for nor- the normalization of adults having sex with children. And at that point, the pornography was really in cases like in San Diego, where it was junior high kids, you know, uh, remember here, the curriculum for seventh graders involved two characters, Miles Long and Julie Mellons. Remember that? And people were like, well, how is that about normalizing pedophilia? It's it's about grooming. It was grooming the, the process. It was grooming the school districts themselves. It was grooming the parents to accept what came later, which was the drag queen story hours. If you're willing to let your, your elementary school kid or your sixth grader sit and watch a class about sex in which they're showing oral sex of boys on others and, and, and the stuff that was going on, if you're willing to tolerate that, then you'll tolerate the next level. It was That was never the end point, right? Oh, and that's their whole game plan. I mean, this isn't even their, 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 their end right, game. Right. They're we, always thinking right, a layer deeper. Right, and ultimately where this is going is, it, well, we're already here. We're already normalizing. There's, there, didn't we play a clip? recently of a school teacher that was scolding a kid because he used the word pedophile he said no it's minor attracted persons that was a school teacher we're already here now we're here what people told me i was crazy to think was going to happen is happening and not just in our schools because then it was like well this is just happening these teachers are, are hiding it and you know this or it's just a few now it's also being mainstreamed in media Case in point, Balenciaga, which is the luxury um, clothing and shoes, I guess. Um, I think Lizzo has a line in her song. She calls Balenciaga shoes Balenciuses. They've got um, their, in, uh, uh, um, and you can read, um, there's articles all over. Google it if you haven't seen it already. There's a, quote, creepy out of kids with bondage outfits. And we're talking toddlers. And these girls are standing there. One is a little redheaded girl and she's holding, um, she's holding, it's kind of hard to describe, describe, but what, um, think about what all was going on in the rooms of Christian Grey in the, in the movie, which I thought was, oh my gosh, so boring. I couldn't even get through it. Fifty Shades of Grey. Remember all the straps and stuff that was, she was wearing. So this little girl looks like she's four years old. And she's holding a strap connected to a white teddy bear, which was in a vest with a padlocked choker. So it's like the little girl was the dominatrix in the, in the BDSM scenario. And the teddy bear was the submissive. Then there was another ad with a brunette child in a blue outfit clutching a purple plush animal, which was in a similar BDSM. You know what I noticed first off, Andrea? The expressions on the kid's face. Oh, my gosh. They, they look mortified to even be there. Yeah. This is child abuse. This is child abuse. And I, and who are you parents? Who are the parents of this child? They were there on set because you, you, you can't, I, I, 
you cannot, you, you, there is a parent or a legal guardian with these children. Not to mention that there's other people on set. Anytime there's children on set, they've got a variety of different things that are happening there um, from, you know, for supposed safety. So there was a lot of adults standing around. And let me tell you, for this Balenciaga, there there probably might have been 50 to 100 people there behind the scenes, behind the cameras and the set design and then this design da, 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 and the parents and the, yeah. That's how many adults stood by and watched these children be victimized. And these little girls will be 15 one day. They'll be 20 one day. They'll be 30 one day. And this was forced upon them. Stealing their innocence. Forced upon them by a parent who literally is a clump of cat litter to be scooped. That's what I think of these people. But this is about normalizing they're um, they're supposedly have have taken uh, down their Twitter account. Um, I guess they're they're too good to be on Twitter, right? They're too good to be on Twitter. This is this is disturbing. Do you guys think I'm make, we're making too much of this? Let us know. We're going to take a break. We come back. Speaking of Twitter, oh my goodness, they just all hysterical today that Trump is back on Twitter or is he back on Twitter? Let's talk about it when we come back. <clears throat> Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea Kay Show, on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. So our dear friend, Winnie Patrick, she's not a fan of the turkey on turkey day. That's interesting. I, I just can't even comprehend. <laughs> um, I, that's not my favorite part. I mean, you know, to me, tur- the turkey is the vehicle for the for the gravy because mama makes the best gravy around. That's not a bad way to look at it. Right. So um, you got to have something for the gravy to attach to. And I, and that leads me to dressing. I would always have like on my plate to be mound of dressing, gravy, a little bit of turkey, gravy. I loved, uh, we always made crescent rolls was our bread of choice. Um, and sweet potato casserole. I mean, you know, what else did I need? Um, and, you know, the fruit salad. We didn't call it ambrosia. You'd love this. Actually, my grandma used to make, uh, I think I'm saying this right, uh, Jewish uh, challah braided bread. Challah? And it's that bread that kind of, you know, raises oh. up. And mm. uh, we would break it every Thanksgiving and Christmas. And mm-hmm. so now that she's not with us anymore, I'm actually going to start making it every year and breaking it to, uh, say, a blessing over the meal with. Oh. That's such a great idea. Now I'm flashing on uh, Fiddler on the Roof. A blessing on your head. Mazel tov, yep, mazel exactly. tov. Got to carry to that tradition on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so we know our dear friend Wendy doesn't really like the turkeys. How did the, how did, uh, doesn't like turkey. How did the turkeys today respond to the turkey in the White House? <laughs> Was the turkey in the White House pardoned? Oh my goodness! I, I'm not. I'm not interested in pardoning him. I would love to see us get to the point. I mean, look if if Todd Chrisley can go down and spend 12 years, I want to see Joe Biden and Hunter Biden go down because you know what? Uh, what Far did, worse. What did the Chrisleys go down for? Bank fraud. Okay, there's over what 150 SARs. Uh, um, uh, the, the banking term, um, something reports that uh, over 150, that's where the bank reports to the government. There's something sketchy going on here. So we've got bank fraud, wire fraud. We've got obstruction of justice. Pretty much everything that the Chrisleys are going down for is already in evidence on Hunter Biden's laptop. So you know what? I, I, I would hate to I would hate to do it to Todd Chrisley, but I wouldn't mind seeing Hunter Biden in, in a share a jail cell. With him, And no, I'm not interested in any pardon down the road. If we're ever going to get this country back, first of all, we've got to do something about our elections to secure our elections. 
And second thing we got to do is start having some real accountability. And we're not going to have it as long as Mitch McConnell. Hey, and they Kevin were talking McCarthy. about, you know what, maybe impeaching Biden if they get the House. Guess what, guys? You got the House. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I, to me, is that even real accountability? Because I think that I think Biden's going to be gone um, bef- before too long. So you don't I, think it's going to matter? No, because I think that there was a report today. I think CBS even came out and said, yeah, you know, I think it was Catherine Herridge. She left Fox News and went to CBS and she said something today on air that looked there's been uh, we've searched and looked and there's absolutely nothing that we can find that says that anything was edited or falsified. This Hunter laptop is real. Right. So I think the push is on, particularly now that the Republicans have taken control of Congress and have announced they're going to investigate and they've got actual evidence of crimes. And you think, think that he'll be gone before they even get anything together. I think that's the point. I think that I think that the Democrats acknowledging the laptop story now through the media and we predicted it all along. We said what they were going to do is get through the midterms, push Biden out. The problem they got is Kamala. Um, they listen to this guy and and. I mean, there. I don't know that there is enough fraud that could get this guy back over the hump again in 2024. Uh, listen to what he had. To, <laughs> the poor, uh, tur- it's, it's the poor turkeys. The poor turkeys were like, "We don't want to be pardoned. Stab me so I can get away from this guy." Clip one. That's pretty. That's real hard work. And they interacted with the children to show their softer side. Sounds like another flock hoping to come to Washington in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> But that wasn't even the worst of it. It got it got even worse because where was the member at Easter? There was somebody in the in the bunny costume that yep. came and moved him away. Oh yeah. Where was the person in the turkey costume to come or the pilgrim costume? Oh no, they can't do the pilgrim costume because that's you know that's that's too politically incorrect. So they needed a turkey and somebody in a in a pumpkin pie costume to come and move him away before he said this. Clip three. Nine and a half million turkeys a year. God love you. Nine and a half million turkeys. I tell you what, that's like some of the countries I've been to. And the anyway. Yeah, you can hear in the background one person laughing, and it sounds like a sitcom laugh track. <laughs> <laughs> that's nine and a half million turkeys. I tell you what, that's like some countries I've been to. What? What? And But it's Trump that needs to stay off of Twitter? <laughs> Trump was reinstated on Twitter, and he has not gone back on it. I'll ask you. Yeah, I checked right away. He's not on it. Do you think he should go back on? I think it would be probably the best thing he could do. I think it would be the best thing he could do because um, if he's serious about running, because the reason why they want him off of it is the reason why he needs to go on it, because he's not going to be able to win again on Truth Social alone. There's not enough users. He was able to. Even the people. How did he tear down that blue wall? He was able to go around the media control the narrative and reach Democrats and independents. And he's not going to be able to do that on truth social. No, it's far too small of a platform. Yeah. And the fact that they're hysterical today tells you that it worked for him. And it also was an admission on their part that Twitter, Facebook, less, not so much, but still a part of it, that they were a partner with the Democrats 
and the um, deep state and the FBI and the DOJ and everybody involved in the uniparty system in controlling the outcome of our elections. That's really what the FBI and the DOJ, that's what their their role is now. 100%. 100% their role. There was a, an, an FBI whistleblower. And, and how do they do it? How, Andrea, could the FBI be in con- and the DOJ be in control of our elections um, by weaponizing their offices and using their law enforcement tools and mechanisms and, and uh, reach in order to do things like lie to a court to get the ability to spy on a campaign, to be able to launch investigations when you know that there's no probable cause of a crime, and then you can hamstring somebody or you can or you can try to manufacture a process crime to get them removed from office. Or you can set up spies from the intelligence community to listen in on phone calls and then use the whistleblower statute to try to pretend that something happened on a phone call that didn't happen to try to remove somebody from office. Or you can infiltrate you can do uh, fednapping plots. You can infiltrate rallies with fake Trump supporters in order to declare that 75 million MAGA voters are domestic violence extremists and, and, and then beat the drum on that for two years so that the low information and no information voters actually believe that Trump and MAGA are threats to democracy. Or you can go to social media and refuse to and tell them that this is Russian disinformation. Don't share this story. And and, and to do that is to deny information that the voters needed. And that's what's going on with the U.S. government. And as soon as Trump announced, why did why did Merrick Garland appoint this special counsel? Upon Trump's announcement, well, it wasn't just because of Trump's announcement. It also came on the heels of the Republican Party leadership saying it will leadership in the form of um, people running committees to say, uh, like Comer, we're, we have the goods on Joe Biden of crimes that he committed. That's really, in some ways, in my opinion, the reason why they came out with the special counsel. Because, and look what everybody was talking about. They were talking about the special counsel against Trump. They weren't talking about the crimes that were identified by Comer and others. We're going to take a break. and we come back, we're going to bring in Tom DeBacaro, attorney, political uh, pundit, author, to get his take on it. And who is this Jack Smith special counsel guy? You might not recognize his name, but you will recognize the name of people he worked with. To deny freedom of speech and to control the outcome of elections in the past. We got a little blast from the past to share with you guys on the other side of the break. Bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Glad to have you guys here with me. Before the break, we were talking about Trump. Will he go back on Twitter? He's been reinstated. As soon as he was reinstated, um, everybody started retweeting a couple of tweets from him on January 6, 2021, in, in which he tweeted, I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful, no violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Re- <clears throat> excuse me, respect the law and our great men and women in, in blue. Thank you. <clears throat> Before that, it was, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, he called for people to be peaceful. But even if he did not, as we've been talking about throughout the show, uh, he's not responsible for any crimes that were committed by anybody else because we don't we don't criminalize speech in this country. We're supposed to have free speech. 
and the uh, and we've also been talking about how um, about how the FBI and the DOJ are basically working right now to control the outcome of our elections, and this is just one at one aspect of it. Uh, I also laid out a variety of other different ways in which they're trying to control the outcome of of the elections. And we've talked about this many times before with our friend Tom DeBacaro, who actually wrote a piece for Fox Nation about just that. And it's my first time to have him back with me. I guess the announcement on special counsel was just this Friday. So it hasn't been that long of a delay between the big special counsel announcement and Tom coming on the show. And I've been desperate to talk to him about it. And he joins me now. Hello, my dear. Hey, thanks for having me on. Happy Thanksgiving to all the listeners. And this latest thing is... Well, hold uh, on. Hold on. Stop right there. I forgot to to ask you, speaking of Thanksgiving, the big question of the night, I've asked it to others, is, is there a a food item on Thanksgiving that everybody loves? It's like a national favorite, but you don't like it so much? Oh, my goodness. I'll give you, I don't like pumpkin pie, and I don't like that green bean casserole business with canned green beans and cream of mushroom soup. pumpkin pie? No. Yeah, I think my phone's dying. (laughs) I won't be able to finish. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, I know if I would probably like your pumpkin pie, Mr. Dandy, because no no doubt you roast your own pumpkins. You you scrape out the seeds. Dandy, I love it. I'll tell you a funny thing. I do cook a lot, as you know. And yes. I, my parents were great cooks. I've never cooked a cur- turkey. It's weird. My my mother's greatest dishes I've shied away from over the years. I don't know why. Um, maybe in reverence. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, well, my mother used to make mincemeat pie. Never had it. I. Oh, it's the worst. And my brother Mark loved it, but I, I couldn't handle it. No, I can't really think of it, uh, anything. I, I will tell you something funny, though. My, my, there was eight of us kids, and my, my mom would put out all of the, and we'd always have a guest over or something, and my mom would always put it out, and then, you know, the appetizers and everything sit. And we had to wait there as kids because we you were people had appetizers. Stuff. This is how he grew up. Okay, they had appetizers in his family before Thanksgiving. We, we didn't have appetizers when I was growing up. Mama's idea of appetizers was go get a box of Cheetos out of the pantry if you're hungry. Thanksgiving dinners at four. Go on. Oh, listen, my mom used to buy food we ate just to make it last. <laughs> <laughs> True story. All right. So, okay, I got to get serious now. All right, this special counsel. Look, I mean, I don't even know. I mean, it takes such leaping bounds. In August, I wrote about uh, Trump rage shows FBI Justice Department want to decide who can be our president. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Right? Because they let Hillary off, they went after him. And it's breathtaking. But... I go back to, and in that piece, I talked about the fact that Andy McCabe lies four different times to the FBI, and they do nothing. Yep. Peter Navarro does what and gets arrested, right? Nothing. But he gets arrested, and and they charge them. And, and each time I think, oh, my God, they can't push that envelope. But the reason why they continue to do it is there's – they get away with it. Yeah. Nothing happens to any of these people. So, and I immediately posted on Facebook that, uh, so they ignore Hunter Biden. They, this, this new, uh, 
you know, currency scandal where it's very plainly that money went into one account, into another account, back towards the Democrats. There's an endless amount of things they could be investigating of some measure. But, of course, Trump, who, who literally someone I don't know what show was on where the person said that the most investigated person in America. No, I, in world history. Yeah. By far. And I, you had mafia figures that weren't disinvestigated. Yeah. And, and now they brought it right. And now they've brought in this guy, Jack Smith. And I said before the break, before I brought you in, I don't think that this was as and tell me if you think I'm, I'm wrong here. I think it wasn't just that because Trump announced in 2024 that they made this announcement. I also think it's because the Republican Party, if not more, because the Comer and others came out and said, we have actual crimes that we can document on, on Joe Biden. It ain't even about Hunter anymore. It's about Joe Biden and the crimes that he committed as the big guy. Do you agree? Yeah. Uh, do I think that uh, there was a poll five months ago that 50, uh, it was by Rasmussen. 53% of Americans think the DOJ is the personal Gestapo of Biden. Mm-hmm. So, yes, he is. Imagine if Trump had done a special counsel on Biden or anybody where the left would have lost their mind. Well, he couldn't even, he couldn't, excuse me for interrupting, he couldn't even have a phone call with Ukraine as president of the United States and saying, I need to know what went on when the former vice president has bragged about how he got a prosecutor fired uh, for money. And he was impeached for that. And the reason why he was impeached, because it was, because it was an abuse of power that he supposedly was going after somebody that hadn't even announced he was running for president, but it was supposedly him going after a potential uh, uh, opponent. And it, and yet we have a sitting president who can do this. And you're right. There's no, what we've got is Paul Ryan going around bad mouthing Trump. Right. Because this is about the uniparty establishment trying to take out Trump and trying to take out MAGA. And I'm thinking that it might actually happen because the person that got uh, that got put in as this uh, special counsel is a guy named Jack Smith. And Jack Smith, um, uh, according to everybody can read an article at justthenews.com, he was overturned by the Supreme Court. Um, so he's kind of an Andrew Weissman kind of dude. And what he was most known for internally, not to the American people, was he was one of the key figures in the Lois Lerner IRS scandal in which there's emails about him saying, hey, you know what I think we should do? We should go after these conspiracy theorists. We should try to stop them. He was a key part of that. And nobody was held accountable for that situation either, in which the IRS, the only agency that can declare you guilty first and seize all your assets, was targeting Tea Party groups. And this dude was a part of it. And no, absolutely no accountability. No one suffered anything. I mean, look, Annie McCabe sued and got even more money. Yeah. So, yes, we have reached. And and by the way, it it doesn't really matter what side of the aisle you're on on this. You should be able to understand that this is what big government does. All big governments, even if the head of the big government, the president, isn't personally corrupt, all big governments are corrupt because when you have that much power and that much money, it attracts people who lack virtue and values. And so I am not surprised at all 
writing history books over the years, to find out that huge government institutions have corruption. And this is now a fact of life. And if you vote to increase the size and power of government or increase government at all, you are inviting this. And this is America today. It's a disgrace and it has to end. Yeah, well, who's going to end it? And by the way, a little bit more. Um, he he specifically was supposedly uh, the lead person at the DOJ looking for ways to prosecute the people Lois Lerner and Obama went after. So he's he was supposedly Obama's hitman. And one of the reasons why I think it's important for people to absorb that, Tom DeBocaro, is because I'm tired of hearing that it's just a few people at the top of the FBI and the DOJ that are, are the problem. There are so many cockroaches at every levels of the FBI, at every levels of the, at all levels of the DOJ, at all levels of the intelligence community. And um, we need somebody. And this is why they want to stop Trump, because he's the only one. And I haven't heard it from DeSantis um, talking about how we got to dismantle and get rid of the deep state. Well, and you know, I've, I've told you, I've told Ben, I don't like the deep state because it makes people think that it's just a small cadre of people at a very low level. No, they're just out in the open and it's yeah. a huge bureaucracy and it, and it's, and it has corrupted so much. I mean, I guarantee you that there's a file on me. I guarantee you there's a file on you because you're outspoken. Well, that that last freedom. Right. Well, one of the last excuse me for interrupting one of the last texts that Dr. Frank got, which is Mike Lindell's election fraud guy. One of the last texts he got before the FBI seized his phone was from me. So I expect that there is a file on AK. And you're right. I am loudspoken. Um, uh, Straight talk. Is this fixable? Do you see us fixing this or are we just in a slow decline? Of America. Well, I'm writing my next book, The Lessons of the American Civilization. It should be out next year. Um, look, I, the world history is not full of large governments that willingly gave up their power. On the other hand, I am reminded of what Victor Laszlo said to Rick uh, when, that late at night. When Rick asked him why he does the things he does, and he said, "You might as well ask me why I breathe." Hmm. You don't. It, it, your DNA sees nothing other than than fighting for freedom, and that's the way it's going to be. Well, I'm going to continue to fight. And, yeah, I mean, what are the, what else can we do? Yeah. What um, we do? All right, Tom DeBacaro. You got a new piece coming out? I just out? posted my new Newsmax okay. uh, article. I tagged you. Uh, if you could put it in your Caniac thing. Okay. Uh, look, Republicans, if they want to fight and win elections, I give an important prescription uh, in this article. I hope you will pass it on. All right, I will. And thank you for being here, and I hope you have a very, very, very happy Thanksgiving. Without Mince meat and lots <laughs> of pumpkin pie. <laughs> no pumpkin pie. Dude, I need to make you a real pecan pie, a homemade pecan pie sometime, and then, you, then you'll then be like, be you there. won't even have any, any interest in that interest left in that pumpkin pie business. I'm going to hook you in up. The immortal words of Michael Jackson, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sugar Root, right. take it easy.
Bye. Bye. All right. Now, y'all, stay tuned. We got one more segment left on tonight's Andrea K. Show. We got much more to share with you guys, so don't you go any. A sad news, actually. A celebrity has passed away. We got to share that news with you guys, so don't go away. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The answer, San Diego. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea K. on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. So earlier I was talking about Brigitte Gabriel trending um, because she tweeted, 18-year-olds are not mature enough to make decisions about the future of our nation. Uh, raise the voting age. Um, that's tough because we, at 18 years of age, you can join and go fight for our country. Your thoughts, Skins? Can't hear you. That's because I hadn't hit the mic yet. Oh. I wasn't ready to talk. <laughs> no, I think it's pretty simple uh, to get around that. You make, you raise the voting age, and you make the exception. You say, if you have joined the military, and maybe even put a, a time that you've been in the military, I don't know, maybe six months, pick a figure, uh, then you're able to vote at the age of 18. Well, the only problem I have with that is that our military has become so politicized, right? If you know that, you know, in fact, there was a new report that was put out today by a couple of Congress people that talked about just in the past two years, uh, the damage that the Biden administration has done uh, to our battle readiness because they're not they're not being taught to be battle ready at any phase. And whether we're talking about our military institutions or schools, you know, uh, or, you know, the military universities or you know, ROTC, do we even have ROTC anymore or just, you know, anywhere in the DOD? So, you know, I don't know that that's, I think I'm less concerned about voting age and my, as I am about the fact that um, the problem that we've got is not age as much as it is that uh, the, when you make it easy to vote, too many of the wrong people are going to vote. If you make it same, let me say it like this. I think I mentioned this the other night. I had heard that back initially in, in our country, and I had remembered this in civics class. I don't remember a lot of details, that you had to have skin in the game, like be a property owner to be able to vote because, you know, you were somebody that had a greater investment in society. I don't know if I agree with that agree with so that. much. I don't agree with that, but I like the idea of having some skin in the game in the sense of if you don't care enough about voting to where you will make sure on, on election day that you can get there and vote, I don't want you to vote because because you don't care enough, Right. So the the mail-in ballots and all this convenience stuff are people that shouldn't be voting, in my opinion. You don't care enough. Same thing with absentee. Uh, Oh, well, that way I can go on vacation. To to me, one of the ways that we can weed out to to have better voters is by have it be based on those who care enough and who are going to make an effort to go and vote. And I think that's one of the reasons why it doesn't – it still doesn't answer the question on the midterms as to why – we had a 13 million vote swing. We clearly won the popular vote, but we won. And I think it's because when you count all the votes across the nation, the popular vote won out. But if you look at some key races, it was the ground game that like in Arizona where they, you know, um, they, in, in my opinion, intentionally, it wasn't incompetence. It was intentionally um destroyed in order to stop Kerry Lake, but it doesn't make it any difference. Even if it was just incompetence, it shouldn't be certified. They need to redo this, this election. That's something we've never done before. The Republican Party has been continuing to tell us for years and years and years, there's fraud. Oh, that happens in every election. Like, oh, big deal. 
Well, first of all, it, it is a big deal and you shouldn't be allowing it. That's why we're in this mess, the shrug your shoulders attitude or the Nixon just, he fell on his sword. He did the right thing for this nation and let JFK steal it with Daly in Chicago. That was the best thing for this country. It was the worst thing for this country. We've been accepting this crap for, for too long. That That's my opinion there on that. So I don't think that changing the voting age, because let me tell you, there's people that I know at 18 that I want to be voting, that I want to be voting. And then there's people at 80 that I don't want to be voting. Particularly the ones that can be swayed when somebody comes to pick up their ballot, where somebody fills it out for them and tells them how they should vote. Not interested in that. You know who shouldn't be voting and shouldn't be anywhere near? a po- Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris, she shouldn't be anywhere near a polling station. (laughs) Here's what she had to say today in her most philosophical, comparing this great nation and our lives to a relay race where you pass the baton. Clip five. The way that I think about it is, you know, like relay racing, you know, you race and someone passes the baton and then, right? So that's what life is. It's basically a relay race. And so the people who are heroes, whichever gender they are. They ran their part of the race, and then they passed us a baton. (laughs) And the question is, what will we do with the time we carry the baton? (laughs) Which means there's no time to get tired. Come on. (laughs) Right? You're going to pass that baton at some point, (laughs) but right now you're carrying it. And the question is, what are you doing with it? <laughs> do we really think the Democrat Party is going to pass um, the baton? Listen, yeah. full stop. I, do we really think the Democrat Party is going to pass the baton to Kamala Harris for 2024? It ain't even happening. It ain't even close to happening. What? That is the most ridiculous attempted inspiration I've ever. That's even worse than Michelle Obama who's going around complaining that nobody wanted to see her hair. Okay, I you know what? I'm going to say it right now. I think Michelle Obama is running in 24. Remember, we had that filmmaker on the show who did a did a movie about Michelle Obama running in 24. We're like, nah, nah, she is all over the place. She's got a book coming out. She was asked about Joe Biden running in 2024. Mark my words. It ain't going to be Kamala. Kamala might be forced to pass the baton to Michelle Obama to be the first the, the plan being to be her being the first African-American and Barack. And let me tell you, Barack Obama is desperate to get back in the White House, at least officially. Again, we know he's running. He's running the things behind the scenes. We know he is. We know he's the puppet master. Right. We know he is. All right. On tomorrow's show, on Tuesday's show, we've got a special guest tomorrow night with a wonderful idea for this Thanksgiving on how in San Diego on how uh, we can give back and help people and help serve at this time. I opened the show by talking about being grateful and thankful and how can we show that our gratitude for our lives by helping others. And we're going to share that with you tomorrow night. See you then. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.